the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, Paul says, Let sin not reign in your mortal body. Sounds strangely familiar to what God told Cain in chapter 4 of Genesis, doesn't it? Let's compare the two, shall we? Next. The ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, this is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Welcome to our program. We're spending a lot of time in chapter 6, verses 1 through 14 of Romans. As we continue our journey through Romans, we've stopped for a while to explore this very rich passage of Scripture and just exactly what it means. God has made positional statements which require responses from you and I. Let sin not reign in your mortal body. Here's Pastor Gary with more. I believe we fill our lives with a lot of things. But when we stand before God, we are going to gasp. Why in the world didn't I pursue the Holy One? Why in the world didn't I abide in His Word? Oh, look how lovely He is. And He gave me His Word so I would know more of His loveliness on this earth. No wonder my family looks like this. No wonder my children look like this. No wonder I was so miserable, so empty, yet I had Jesus right in front of me. You see, there is no guilt. It's not you better do this or you're going to hell. This is, do you want Christ or not? That is what holiness boils down to, my friends. Do you want to walk in fellowship with the lovely one, the Savior, the one who died to sin and is alive to God, who will do the same in you and I? Then abide in him. Make it a habit. Look to me, he says. Be in my word. It is your only sword. It is your only shield against all the attacks of the evil one. It is no wonder that sin makes a resurgence in us at times. Have you ever had a sin that you thought, man, I thought I had licked that. Then all of a sudden you thought, that old dog bites you on the backside. Where did that come from? It is because we are not putting on the very armor and feeding on the very manna that crushes sin and starves it and defeats Satan. Jesus warned us. He said, I can cast out a demon from your life, but there are seven worse demons waiting to move back in unless you fill your life with the furniture of my word and of me and of prayer, and you are abiding in me and my word abiding in you. Now you might say, I have some serious battles against sin. Okay, sometimes we do have them. Turn to Mark chapter 9. Sometimes the Lord leaves his people in the power of sin for a while. But don't think anything in this verse or anything that I'm saying suggests 
that if you have any sin in your life, then you're not a Christian. Because that is ridiculous. No, the very assumption of resist sin is that, one, it is defeated, and two, it is a reality in our lives. And therefore, we have got to go to war against it. Don't ever be surprised if you sin. And here is the plan for dealing with it. What if you have a serious one? Well, Mark 9, Jesus had just fed 5,000. He had just been transfigured, and he comes down from the mountain. And there is a father there with his son, who the disciples cannot cast out a demon. So Jesus, after he casts the demon out and rebukes his disciples for their unbelief, he says in verse 29, And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, I realize to some this sounds medieval. But being medieval is much preferable to being a simple American with no faith. So you are in a battle. So what are you going to do? Let's say it's lust or it's lies or it's worries. You just fill in the blank with your own besetting sin. Now you can adopt the attitude that most people do. Oh, it's no big deal. I'm forgiven. Jesus reigns. Hallelujah. Let's just move on. Or you could say, you know, this is serious business. I need to take this seriously. Jesus died on the cross to deliver me from the power of sin. And I don't want to take back up the sword that killed him. I don't want to jump back into the cesspool of sin again when it was his precious blood that cleansed me from it. So I've got to do something about this. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, everything I have said thus far, when it comes at you, and when the temptation comes raging, and when it is causing your soul to lurch and you're thinking, I'm not going to be able to overcome this. We need to be in prayer and fasting. I mean, it comes down to, do we want Jesus to have preeminence in us? Or do we want to have sin have preeminence in us? It may be necessary to stay up for a portion of the night to pray. I I promise you, God never turns away those who call upon him. Never. Now, you might say, but I've called upon him. Keep doing it. God is not obligated to answer you when you demand him to. Just because you get on your knees once or twice or 500 times. If you come with the expectation, well, I'm praying, God, where are you? He will say, not near you, my friend, because to whom does God look? Those who are humble and have a broken heart and who tremble at his word. So if you come to God with humility, confessing your sins, pleading only the blood of Christ, I assure you, he will heal you and he will answer you and he will give you relief. Now you might say, yeah, but I'm I'm doing all that. Well, I don't want to hear that because I would tell you, I don't really believe you. No, I'm not saying you're not doing stuff. But remember, calling upon the name of the Lord doesn't have a stopwatch attached to it. Not a calendar. God is not on our schedule. 
Remember this. He had Anna praying for, 40, for 84 years for Jesus to come. Let that be your model. If it is 84 years before he delivers me, think of this. If my praying and crying over my sins in my life, if it was just to keep me humble, under God's chastening hand my whole life, so that he would finally deliver me, when my eyes are closed in death, and he has brought me into his presence, then he has answered your prayers. He's not obligated to answer your prayers the way you want him to. He may just want you feeling this weakness, this sin, this struggle, so that you resist it, to awaken you to an alertness, so that you will live on your face in seeking him. And those very prayers, those very seekings of Jesus are the very means he uses to bring you into the eternal kingdom. Or go to sleep. Be one of the foolish virgins who thought, I had some oil in my lap at one time. That's got to count for something. Jesus comes back. Come on, where's the oil in your lamp? There's no oil there. And remember, that oil was there to keep seeking, to keep a light on, watching for Christ, showing their faithfulness. Why do you think Jesus told so many parables about watching and waiting? The nobleman who went to the foreign land, watching, remember? Why do you think he said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? It is to encourage us to keep seeking with all our hearts. Now, I've got to wrap up, so I'm going to just make two more points. My fifth point, resisting sin must be a holy obsession. Not a perfectionist one, but a holy obsession. We're going to have to fight against sin all our lives. There's nothing in this command in verse 12 or in the promises it's supported or our union with Christ in his death and resurrection to suggest we are ever going to reach the point where we can go on a vacation from fighting against sin. As long as we remain in the body of this death, there is a great need for closeness with Jesus so we can fight off sin's continual effort to reassert its dominance over us. The tendency of sin to want to make a comeback and our tendency to go to sleep, to give up, is the reason Jesus told all of those parables to keep seeking Him. And what is the point of the parables? It is a dangerous and wrong to think that we are going to reach the place where vigilance is no longer necessary. But you might say, I'm so tired of watching. Then are you tired of being with Jesus? Would you rather have been with him in the garden, crying and weeping, or sleeping with Peter, James, and John? I pray God would have given me the grace to be there with the Son of God crying, but... He probably wouldn't have because I'm such a filthy sinner. Yet it is wearisome work. That is why Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is very weak. But it is for this very reason that he does sometimes allow us to sin and to make a resurgent in us, to awaken our fighting spirit and rebuke our presumption 
He never ceases to be zealous for His glory and our good. Therefore, we need to be zealous for holiness all our days. Now, this is not because we are radically self-absorbed or sin-focused or measuring our piety on our chart or anything like that. This passage tells us to be obsessed with one thing. Please listen carefully. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this because if you don't, you will misunderstand me. The reason we are supposed to be obsessed, serious about holiness is because we are obsessed, serious about Jesus. That is what this passage calls us to. Why do you think Paul has looked at this from every single angle? His death of sin, his life to righteousness, our union with him, being planted together, being one with him. It is to stress that a believing resistance to sin is one of the clearest evidences that we are truly depending on and loving our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not our personal perfection, a selfish sense that makes us as Christians and disciples of Jesus concerned about sin. That's not it. It is God's glory and His grace and what He has done for us in Christ. Think of that. That is why we are concerned about holiness That is why, for example, the church practices discipline. That is why there is a government of the church and why we all don't just come together and, you know, whoever plays the guitar the loudest gets to lead for that day. That is the reason we have a Bible to lay out these things according to the will of Christ. Because holiness is serious. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is serious. Grace is serious. And it is a privilege. It is a joy. And by the way, before I make my last point, this kind of Christ dependence, when we walk about, when we talk about holiness, prevents us personally from being a horror to be around. Because a lot of times when you start to talk about holiness, you know, I, I can hear some young people say, oh boy, no more video games for me this week. Holiness means no fun. Well, it depends on what you're doing for fun. Does it not? It depends on how you define fun. But if we are humbly resisting sin, we're not always going to be monitoring, monitoring, monitoring other, everyone around us, never able to show any mercy to the weak, acting as if we are the moral police of the world. Suspicious. What are they doing? What are they thinking? Why are they doing this? This is a perversion of holiness. In fact, it's not holiness itself. And it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to produce it. We may, and I've tried. We may be able to control our families when they are younger for a brief period of time with actions and thoughts like this. But Jesus Christ won't let it last because he wants the victory to be his He will have holiness to be the fruit and the moral censoriousness, a hypercritical spirit, moral spirit, slavish fear, hypocrisy. 
It is the fruit of love for him, union with him, dependence on him, clinging to his gospel promises. So the more we resist sin, brothers and sisters, the more we most honest, must honestly recognize our own sinfulness and our dependence on Jesus Christ to come and help us. So if you are resisting sin in your life, do you know what you will look like? Let me draw you a portrait. Humble, broken, sympathetic to those who are struggling. In fact, here's a practical illustration. When your older son comes to you and says, Dad, I looked at some things on the computer that I shouldn't have. So you go to your closet and you pull out your 45 and you hold to his head and you say, I'll pull the trigger if you ever do that again. Now I realize no one in here is really going to do that. At least I hope not. But a lot of times, that is the tone that we set, Dad. But what are you going to do about that? He looked at some stuff he shouldn't have seen. Have you never looked at anything you shouldn't have? Are you too, Dad, not seeking the grace of God to overcome your various symptoms? Wouldn't it be a lot bigger difference or make a lot bigger difference if you said to your son, you know what, son, I've struggled with these things too. So listen to me. We will resist together. Let's get on our faces before the Lord and pray. Son, you haven't broken my delusion that I had a perfect family or a perfect son. The issue is not with Will others know, will other people know that we are sinners? Let me just tell you right now, if necessary, I'll wear a sign around my neck that says the Wagner family is filled with sin. We are weak. We struggle. And you make your own sign and put your name on there because you too are a sinner. But it'll go a lot further if you draw nearer to your children. Mother, also with your daughters. Don't ever answer me again like that. I wonder. Did you ever answer your mother in an annoying or harsh manner? Maybe moms, your daughters learned it because that's the way you answer your husband. Oh, draw near to your daughter. You see, that is what resisting sin must be. Because it leads us to Christ and our dependence upon Him. And it makes us humble, approachable, merciful to those also who are struggling. And then delighting in Him, sin becomes less attractive to us because His loveliness quenches the love of sin. No one has ever said it better than Augustine. He said, the only way to beat an impure love is with a holy love that is stronger. There is only one love that is stronger than our love for sin. And that is the love of Jesus Christ. And I'll conclude with this. Resisting sin. If you haven't already gotten the point, it is imperative. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. I want you to see a verse that probably has not been preached on very much in this day. Hebrews 12 verse 14. Follow peace with all men in holiness. Now. I wish this last part was not in Scripture, but unfortunately, every copy we have has it in there, without which no man 
shall see the Lord. Now, I can understand we need to be peacemakers. And, of course, we define peace all wrong today. But that's another story for another time. But holiness, separation to God without which I will not see the Lord, means I will go to hell. You see, holiness is not optional. We are not to let sin reign over us any form, any kind. Because Jesus Christ has broken its dominion. And what has he set up in us? Go back to Romans chapter 5. He has set up a kingdom of grace reigning through righteousness. Romans 5.17 For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more. They which would receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. You see, our Savior died on the cross to deliver us from sin so that we would submit to his reign. And holiness is the mark of of those who are his true children. Oh, it's not perfect in this life, because he's the only perfect one, but it is the mark of those who love Christ. Holiness is the fruit of his reign in us. It is proof that he is reigning over us. So with all the talk about grace, grace today, we need to be very carefully considering this verse in Romans 6, and other passages that we've looked at previously. We know very little of grace if our Savior is not reigning in us through righteousness. And this is not because holiness earns salvation, as silly and as false as that is. It is because Jesus loves us, died to sin, rose to newness of life, and reigns to bring his life to bear in us. God takes holiness so seriously because he takes the death and resurrection of his son so seriously. God takes holiness so seriously because he takes grace so seriously. So when we hear this call to holiness, let's not think to make ourselves worthy of God by being good. Because that is a sure recipe for hypocrisy. Or that God will love us if we measure up in some way. Because if that is true of God, he will never love you and you will go to hell because you will never measure up. You see, you will never measure up. None of these things have anything to do with holiness. Holiness is the fruit of Jesus dying to sin and living to God and raising us up in him. Holiness is not the thunders of Sinai terrifying us. It is the grace and mercy flowing down from Calvary, blood soaked, our sins forgiven, our hearts cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, look to Him. He will save us today. He will sanctify us. He has lost none of His power. He has the dew of His youth. He is as fresh and as lovely and as powerful as when He came out of the tomb all those years ago. So hold fast to Him, child of God. Believe in Him. And be in fellowship with him. Resist sin. Let not sin reign over you. However hard the battle. Jesus is walking with you. And he promises to help you. And he will bring his life to us. If we call upon him in faith. Does sin still have dominion over 
Any of you? There's only one person who can free you, the Lord Jesus Christ. So repent. Ask him to forgive you. Cling to his blood and his righteousness. And if you are true believers, and if any of us allowed sin to spring back up and rule over us, what do we need to do? Go right back to Christ. For it is his power. It is his death to sin and life to God that gives us strength. And he promises he will help us. Now, who wants to be joyful this week? Is that all of you, I suppose? I hope so. Fill in your definition of joy. Free passes to Disneyland all week. A Porsche for a week with unlimited miles. No, I, I, I just like enough money to buy food and not have to worry about it. Fill in your own. And you know, those are all fleeting, are they not? Do you want to be truly happy? Holiness. Jesus died to make us happy for God's grace to reign in us through righteousness. But remember, as I've said so many times, there is no crown without the cross. So you are going to have to fight for happiness. You are going to have to resist sin. And as we seek the Lord, He will help us to do so. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org. And if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org. Or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.